It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Today we are on location at Bardstown Bourbon Company uh, and we have head distiller Nick Smith with us. How are you doing, sir? Doing well. Thank you guys for having me today. Yeah, no problem. Really happy to be here. Um, for those of you who are probably going to wonder after about 15 minutes into this, JC was not able to make it today. Um, so it's just uh, me and AJ today. Yep. Just us today. He'll be on the next one though, for sure. Yeah, unless we kick him off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll take his spot. There you go. Well, then you have unlimited access to to like whiskey. So yeah, I mean, you could bring one of the bottles from this room that we're sitting in. Do you want to talk a little bit about the room we're sitting in? Yes, we're in the vintage library, which if you have not seen that at Barstown Bourbon Company before, is quite amazing collection dating back all the way to 1892 is the oldest bottle, over 400 bottles in the collection, and they're all available by the ounce so you could try anything you would like to try it's by date by brand and like i said there are some very rare things in here how much how do we know what it costs so we actually have a menu out on in the restaurant there's one of the little qr scanners and you scan that on the main (laughs) menu and it brings up the entire vintage library menu so you could see what it costs by the pour. where's the waiter waiter i need the menu please and and easy look around you can tell which one's the cheapest oh yeah that's easy (laughs) which one do you think's the cheapest one in here and how much by the ounce oh like well there's 400 in here i have to really like look around the cheapest um See, I just got it. probably like the old scouts would be some of the cheapest ones. They're right there, but we have a six dollar pour, and that is the old Carter ten year old right there behind you. Okay. Reason why yeah. you can pick it out and it's easy. The bottle's empty. Yeah, the one, bottle's one empty. One of the only <laughs> empty bottles in this entire room. You got another one right there. The little one right we next to it. We got the little one right yeah. next to it. Yeah. So it'll be empty soon because, like I said, that's that's the cheapest. People come one in here and they're like, "I just want to pour out of this room." So, so here's goes all the way one. up to twenty five hundred a pour. So it's uh. That's a big the uh, Van Winkle uh, Maker's lawsuit bottle, isn't it? Yes, I got yep. the, the 16 year uh, from 1974, I believe. Yeah. So, what is the oldest whiskey you have ever had? Uh, definitely the one in here. Yeah. So the, the oldest one in the collection, the Cedar Brook from 1892, top left up it, there. Is it good? Yes, it was. And even though if you look at it, it looks like it's very light. Very, very like, light. I was almost like, like a. Lemon lime Gatorade looking color. It, it really you know, kind of like has yellow. that kind of. Not to say almost like a, it looks like pee. It does it look looks, like pee. It looks it just does. like yeah. urine. So, yeah, it does. But it still had a lot of that character. Still, you could still pick up a lot of the character in that bourbon and it still had a lot of flavor with it. And I actually tried that one with Dixon Deadman because he mm-hmm. has heritage okay. that dates back to that company. So when he came in and saw we had that, Got a pour and we all tried out of it. And it was like I said, it still had a lot of that. And I mean, drinking with Dixon Deadman's good company to be in. Yeah, especially when he's buying. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, well, yeah. Free whiskey. <laughs> you want free whiskey, whiskey always best, tastes better. Free. Um, <laughs> no, like I, it's, it's real interesting. Like, cause I know, you know, we're on a podcast and, and so like seeing everything, you know, it's, you know, four shelves, it, every, like it's four, four shelves everywhere all the way around in a big. If you were a video, 
if we were videoing this, we're all just looking around like kids in a candy store. Just oh, yeah. like, what would I have? Yeah. It's, <laughs> you know, and it's got this beautiful wood table in the middle with it's it. It feels almost yeah. like an old speakeasy lounge. Like this looks like an old speakeasy cigar lounge almost, doesn't it? Yes. I wish we could have cigars in here. That would make that it a lot nicer. Be, yeah. But the last time I was in here, I almost had a heart attack because they were doing construction upstairs. Mm hmm. And one of the little trim pieces from the corner over there fell while I was standing in that corner. You thought you broke something. I I swear to God, we I all did not froze. move. Like everyone looked at me, I was like, my butthole puckered severely. Like, I thought we were, <laughs> I thought we were in 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 some trouble. That's all right. I was like, I'm about to take off running home from Bardstown. We, <laughs> we'd send you a bill in the mail. So we, we've got a camera in here. We're watching. It. There was no camera in there. At the, yeah, in there. I don't oh. think that was here at that time. Because I missed your opportunity if there was no camera in here. Yeah. yeah and that was your chance. We had oh, Sam in here. She, she was, she was watching us like a freaking hawk, trust me. Because we were like, oh, look at this. And Sam's like, so I'm pretty sure she had like her camera out. Like, <laughs> we, I think she said like jokingly that the... Uh, um, the shelves were weighted, and so if anybody drank anything out of it, we knew because like that shelf would weigh less. It's like know. a hotel, yeah. yeah. You, you yeah. pick up the thing of M and M's, little you, mini you bar, put something wee down wee. real quick, so so it won't count them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what would be all right? So I know you you you, and we'll, we'll get on topic at some point. But we're in this amazing room just talking about whiskey. So what would be like one of the things in here that you would just if you hadn't tried anything? And I know that's a little difficult, but if you hadn't tried anything, what would you be like? I want to try that. Um, really? I mean, your eyes, when you come in this room, go to me, go right to the old crow chessman. Yes. The chess set, you know, the yep. full chess set. And of course, being in decanters as well, it's just, it kind of middle of the room, the full chessman chess set kind of just drags you in. And, and that would definitely be one that I wouldn't want to try. I've heard it's actually really great stuff. In. It is. But the, with those being in the decanters, they vary very much mm-hmm. bottle to bottle because yeah. some of them have got some air in and things yep, like yep. that. So you, some of them are, I've, I've tried multiples and some are outstanding. I mean, it's great stuff. And then yeah. the next one might be, you're like, well, what happened here? It's just, yeah. just not packing that same thing where, where some air and things like that got into those old corks and bottles and then been in the canner as well. But I mean, there's all kinds of stuff I would want to try in here. If I got to just spend a day and they gave me free reign of, of trying anything I wanted to do. <laughs> it would be the last day on earth. Yes, but. it would be a, it would be a very expensive Come day in for and sleeping on the table somewhere with a couple empty bottles. I would start on the top shelf and just work my way around. Yes. And, and, and Four Roses Al Young would be one I'd definitely go to because I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have that a couple of times and it's a solid, always solid. And I would definitely like to hit the, the prohibition. Bottles as well. Yes. Some of the medicinal purposes only. Yeah. What do you think copay would be today if you try to get that through the insurance company? <laughs> probably a lot. <laughs> it would probably be a lot more than it was back then. <laughs> I, I think, say, I think she said it was like over $1,000 a pour or something like that. Those are, are higher ones. But I would yeah. I would like to try the older ones like that to see, see if Just you could how see how much different, different it is yeah. back then from today. Yeah, because that one from like 1897, there's only like three bottles left in the world, right? There's not many, yeah. Like Same the, with the Overholt Rise up there. From Is that the one you're talking about? Out from some of those overhaul yeah. bras, yeah. there was nine left in the entire world, and we had three of them. At it, one point. And there was some from like the the the. I think you're talking about the right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The presidential like that, the, the overhaul ones. Yeah. That, that was the one that, uh, con- that at least Sam told us the whole story by, behind it. That uh, Congress ordered a whole bunch of those right before they passed prohibition. <laughs> So they got all those delivered and then went and signed on the dotted line. And <laughs> so now that we was their personal status. 
stash. <laughs> and then I, history. Like I'd love to break, brush up on more history in this room. Like I would like to look up and just spend a day not just drinking them, but actually looking up all the historical yeah, facts. Where, to where the brains Everything came from. about it, yeah. And and we've got a couple here. Dan Calloway helped with a lot of this collection, knows a lot of the history on this kind of stuff. And it, it's really neat to to listen to everybody talk about the different brands and different bottles and what they remembered back in those times when they were like five dollars yeah <laughs> yeah it's very interesting it's it's real cool like that i think the one of the biggest things from from a whiskey standpoint right is the history behind whiskey and how super just american it is uh and and all the history behind it and who made it and and the legends and the people who drank it and it's so funny how many people we talk to that still don't know that george washington was one of the first like like people to actually distribute whiskey on like a large scale. Like he made it and sold it. It was a business and he was one of the very first to do that. So, so tell us a little bit about like your whiskey journey. So you're from Bardstown originally, right? Yeah. So, uh, born and raised right here, Bardstown, Kentucky, uh, accent might say a little bit of that. Uh, I, I thought you were from comments. Boston. Yeah. You thought Boston, <laughs> Australia a couple times. You know, yes. uh, yeah. Hello, mate. But, um, but yeah, born and raised Barstown, Kentucky. Um, went to a little Catholic school here growing up, Nelson County High School, and then went to University of Kentucky, which I know you guys are Lexington guys. So yep. I spent uh, five years in Lexington, big UK fan, got a degree in agriculture economics. Like I said, it took me five years. I took one of the victory laps, had a real good time. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed myself in college. So that, that that's where the bourbon industry really got started at, I would say, in my, in my career was during college. And then uh, could not find a job. Graduated in 2012 and could not find a job. Agriculture economics, you know, applied to a lot of farm credit type places, mm-hmm. ag credit, looking at loan officer type stuff, and couldn't even get an interview. I mean, the job market then was just kind of dry. Right. It, it was tough coming out of college and moved back home in mom and dad's basement. You know, glorious times that is <laughs> when you move back home with the parents and. Uh, of course, bourbon's everywhere here in yes. Barstown. So uh, I was fortunate enough. I knew the HR for Jim Beam Brands mm-hmm. and went to school with her daughter, kindergarten through college. Uh, text her and said, please text your mom and, and ask her for an interview. <laughs> That's all I want. You know, I sent them the resume. Just get a foot in the door, just an interview. Right. And, and it worked out. Got the interview and started really on the ground level. I was a distillery relief operator at Jim Beam at Claremont facility, which I covered the main operators off days. Okay. So I trained in all departments it was a pretty extensive training you're looking at anywhere from six to eight weeks in each department which Mm -hmm. was water treatment granary uh the dry house wet and dry Mm -hmm. side you've got your coal and gas boilers and then distilling and mashing and so you have to be a jack of all trades yeah being a 24 7 facility i would work swing shift first second or third shift all in the same week but like i said i was young single it was a no job. kids yeah. living in mom and dad's basement the only so, thing you saw was get out of the basement yeah, get out of the yeah. basement i was and i learned so much you know i had a great distillery manager at the time he was actually one of the first hires here that started here and brought me with him and then uh you know the distillery manager for barton 1792 was my senior supervisor at the mm-hmm. time and so i just picked those guys brains and i did that for three and a half years and learned as much as i could about distilling and then they moved me up to company side just having that degree and I moved from the Claremont facility to the Booker No facility, which is, you know, the true workhorse. Right. Jim Beam just pumping out that white label going worldwide. worldwide. Yeah. And so I did that for a little over a year and then started here at Barstown Bourbon Company. So I was one of the original hires, day one hires. And I actually started 
running the night shift. I was second shift supervisor and grew with the company. And nice. Here I am today. So. So give us a little bit like of your like your personal whiskey story, right? Like what what do you remember kind of starting to drink? What brought you into whiskey? You know, some people have been like, or don't remember with the you know, yeah, or, you yeah, not not the year, <laughs> not the year you don't remember, but like you know, everyone has a different story. Whether it's family oriented, yeah, I mean, obviously you grew up in Kentucky, it's just was there. But like, what was kind of like what led you to say this is something I'm going to love, and then ultimately I might want to be do it as a career path. I mean, really just the community, uh, being from this community was mm-hmm. the main thing and, and bourbon wasn't in my background growing up. It was actually more beer. Okay. Uh, so my family owns the Anheuser-Busch distributor here in Barstown. So gotcha. okay. Bud Light, Budweiser, that was like always in the veins. You know, that's what mm-hmm. we, that's what the family did. That was our family business distributing for about a hundred plus miles in this area, mm-hmm. you know, to all the liquor stores, bars, whatever it was, Anheuser-Busch products. So that's what I was used to, and bourbon didn't really come into play until I came back from college, and I saw how big bourbon was for this community, the tourism for everything like that, and then jobs as well. So I wanted to try to get into this industry knowing that I didn't want to continue on with the family side of things because right, it right. was – Working for family can be, you know how that goes. Very you know, fun. Fa- it could you be already fun. It could be you didn't bad. want to work yeah. for him at the time. So, yeah, so it <laughs> was, uh, Nick, pull, bring up some beer from the basement, guy. So that was that's the good thing now. So you know now I have all this bourbon, but I still get beer as well. So you know, you've left the basement, right? I have left. Okay, the basement. just making sure. <laughs> I let my brother take it over, so he's got it now. So. He never said he got out. So I was like, oh, did you stay there? Like, think of all the money I could have had if I'd stayed there for for eleven years now i mean that would have been great your, your love life might not have been very good not though, very right? good yeah. but yes yeah. i am married now so married uh have a uh a six-year-old son and have a little girl on the way here oh, congratulations in about a month and a half so uh hopefully i don't get any phone calls during this any emergencies or anything you, but yeah so a month you, and a half supposed to have a little girl on the way you uh you're going to go through the madness again good oh, job yeah. going signed up for around second tour <laughs> i decided to follow freaking <laughs> we want you <laughs> so um all right cool let's talk a little bit about the way we're staring at us now now we have to like drink it because he started without us so it's fine it's oh, had, sorry. I, had, I, had, <laughs> I don't care my mouth was dry i just had to get i get it taste. so talk, talk to us a little bit about what we're going to sample here because this is something new that you guys have you released it or are you getting ready to release it? no this is released and almost gone so okay. It's, uh, sure. the, the what we're going to try today is part of the distillery collection. So we started the distillery collection a few months ago, which they're going to be products that you can only get here at our okay. distillery retail shop. So they're not going to be allocated anywhere else. You'll only be able to get here. And typically they're going to be, we fill some bottles to have in retail, but a lot of them are on our fill your own bottle on the tours that you can yeah. do where you can fill your own bottle. That's what the distillery collection is really going to be, and they're going to be rare, more unique things. So. Yeah, got us. I saw a double oak or something like that. Yes. So we, is we, it all gone already? Yes, it is gone. Fuck. So because that was one. That, I that was really, we will have more, and, and that was really a fusion wanted. double oak on that one. So what we did on those, you know, we had a little bit of fusion one left over. Mm-hmm. We ran out of either labels or glass or whatever when bottling a little bit left, and it came back, and they said, "Well, what are we going to do with it?" And I said, "Well." You're not going to waste it. I said, we're going to drink it or we're going to make something out of it. So we just put it right back in a barrel and said, we'll figure it out, you know, at time. And there we go. Double H fusion number one is what it wound up being. And we've done a couple of discovery series with that as well that will be coming out in this distillery collection as well. But today 
what we have is something that Steve, uh, Steve Nally actually mm-hmm. designed and came out with. So it's a 13-year-old source because obviously we've only right, been here yeah. for almost five years now. Yeah. So we didn't make this product, but very good product. And this was just finished off in French oak barrels. So for about six-week finish, okay. gives a lot more character to it. And it is a very good product. Proof on this is 105 proof. Okay. And when we did this collection, we had four barrels total of it. So what we did on that was we picked out one single barrel that we thought was a little better than the other three. And that was on the fill your own bottle that you could only do that one single barrel from soap finish. And then the other three barrels we blended together, and that's what we have here right in this glass is the three blended small batch of the French oak finish. So you can definitely – there's a lot of oak on that, Mm -hmm. a lot of oak. Because it's weird. The nose on this is a little bit stronger, I think, than most stuff. Um, normally, you get a lot of the sweet notes. And in this, I don't think you're getting as much as sweet. But the flavor, it's, it, it's it's weird because on this, the nose, you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to like that. But then when you try it, there's a lot of flavor in it. Actually, it, it's kind of funny because the random bottle I, I got from my, uh, started this random thing called like Mixed Drink Mondays. Um and I got a the Davis County bourbon because I was back home in Davis County, and they the one I got was finished in French oak. So now it's kind of interesting tasting them, you know, a few days yeah, a few days apart. You know, I'm get I feel like I'm getting a lot of hay notes. Is that it's got very, kind of grassy characteristics? Yeah, yeah. I, you're I, I caught a little, a little grass, bit, but yeah. like in the end, on the back, I get almost like that. I don't want to say dusty because dusty is the wrong word for it, but you know, it's like that. More dry. Yeah, the yeah. Dryness, dryness of it. Yeah, a more dry. which is a little bit more like in a, but it's sweet, and that's where I'm getting feeling like it's it's more like Mike like a sweet hay. But there's a lot yeah. going on there, and then you get the nice little Kentucky hug on you the end of it. Definitely have the little Kentucky. Yeah, hug. that's one of my. I love saying Kentucky hug. That's, uh, that's <laughs> one of my go tos. Yeah, that's you know what's really bad when you say you're getting that Kentucky hug when you're drinking in Tennessee or Texas, and then it's like, oh shit, nah. <laughs> wrong one. <laughs> I don't mind. What do you think? No, I mean that's why I was getting the. It has a little bit of spicier note. Do you know the mash bill on this one at all? The mash bill on this one, I believe. I didn't know if it was one of those undisclosed or if it was something. No, it's, I believe it is a seventy four eighteen eight. If I had yeah. to guess, is what the mash bill was. That'd be seventy four corn, eighteen yeah. rye, eight malted barley. Because it's sweet, so it is. It's it's got a very interesting nose on it. This is the stuff that I really like about Bardstown because they do so much unique things compared to like what's out there in the industry of what what normally is done. It's not just one flavor, right? You, know, you might yeah. go to some, and a lot of times that's. You know, of course, these are finishes, so you're going to have some different flavors, right. and we're using source products, so it's not all just our same yeast strain that's coming out of our distillery, right. which is what you're going to get with a lot of the bigger guys. You know, you're going to they have their distinct flavor from their yeast strain that they've been using for right. for hundreds of years, or what it might be, and then if they do any unique products, it's all coming from that original. Right? Yeah, thing. I mean. So, there there have been a few we've tried recently that we've kind of had that same thing. Like it doesn't differ much. But, like, the one thing I love about Bardstown, the transparency you all have. Yes. Like, yes. you all don't hide. They're like, we got it from here. We've got it from this and this. This is a different. Here's the mash bill for 
everything we put in the fusion series. Yeah, we can't say, you know, you know we give you as much info as we can. Through NDAs, yeah. we can't say, oh, this came from Jim Beam or, yeah, right, right, or right. Barton's or wherever. But still, it, it's transparent. Usually the mash bills you're on not, there. You you're not exactly fronting. They're not, you're not fronting like we made all of this. Yes. Like, which to we tell a lot of, a lot of people that want to talk shit about source stuff it's like yeah yeah that, it's called business you want to like do the dumbest Some of business it's really plan good. in the history well, I mean, of what you're trying to do is, is you're sourcing the good bourbon and trying to make a great i mean that's what our yeah. goal yeah. is here with the blends they're all good bourbons but the goal with that is to turn it into a great and it's not like you're end. not making your own stuff and it's it's progressively going to be 100 percent. yeah you all i'm you mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure you'll do blends and stuff in yeah Dallas we will still stuff. do blends we still can plan on continuing the discovery series which we're, we're discovering yeah. i mean other people make great juice we're not the only per- people yeah. that make great juice but like i said you're you're looking for a good one and combining all those to make an even better and great one and then the transparency that's on it, what's cool with today's technology, you could look up any one of these mash yeah. bills and know exactly where it came from. Right. You could go buy the bottles of those at the liquor store and try to do your own blend with that exact same setup. Yeah. And look at the diff. We give you the percentages, look at the percentages and everything and see what you come up with. Yeah. And it makes it fun I, I for did, the consumers. I did a reckless, reckless blend once. I blended Mitgers 10, uh, Elmer T, and uh um uh rare breed you want to know what it was freaking unreal yeah see and you could go a little percentage one way or another yep. and it can completely it could change be that product better or where it could it's be not horrible. yeah i mean that's what's <laughs> so unique about blending so what's interesting about this like i i tried it and i was like breathing in on the neck and i almost get scotch notes like scotch i almost get a little peat it's really yeah. here. Mine's almost empty. Smell that. And tell me if it gives a little, almost like a little weird, like it's subtle, but it's almost like it hits you like I, that could be scotch. A little bit. It's I'm not, not it's not, it's not well. heavy. Yeah. It's not, it's a very subtle thing. It's almost like, like you've drank scotch. You let your, your, your glass be empty and sit there for two days. So you barely get like a faint hit, mm-hmm. but that's where it's, it's really weird. Like how I smelled that. But I think also you get a lot of, you get a lot of the, that, barrel and scotch too i think and you're getting a lot of the barrel in this i'm picking up like you said a Mm -hmm. lot of the oakiness flavor yeah is coming through on this and that french oak has a different kind of finish it's not the same as your regular american white oaks it has adds a little bit different characteristic to it. a little spice as well yeah so um it it, yeah i was gonna say it seems to be a little spicier everything i've had that's had it in it um I mean, I think I've had probably three or four bourbons that have said they've been finished in French oak, and they always have that little bit of a, it's almost like a peppery note, like maybe not black pepper, but like a white peppery, light, spicy note. And you have to walk on those finishes. Like I said, this was only a six-week finish where mm-hmm. notoriously we're known for long finishes right. on all of our right. stuff, you know, 18-month finishes. And, you know, Steve worked with, uh, this were finished with Independent Stave Company, French oak barrels, so Steve was working hand-in-hand with them, and you know, it, it has its peaks and it has it has its valleys and it has its peaks on those finishes. You have to check in on that every week at yeah. least to see where it's going to mm-hmm. be and know the right time to pull that because at the six-week mark, Steve was ready to go. He was ready to pull it. It was really good where he wanted it to be. 
But at like the two week and the four week, it was not at all. It was in that valley to where yeah. it was actually a little bit worse than the right. original bourbon that we put into right. the barrels. So, and, uh, and, and like I said, you just really have to stay on top of it. And he wanted to do the six week mark and, and that's what it was. And the single barrel on this was absolutely amazing. I mean, you could pick it out of those four. No problem. It was a really, really good one. Yeah. So what do you think is one of the biggest challenges that you have right now with obviously you're doing blending and then you're also creating your own juice and stuff like that. Where what's, is it? Yeah, we'll go with challenge. Like what's, what do you think is kind of the challenge in creating like the consistency of that? while also making your own independent kind of brand and name for yourself with your own juice. So right now the biggest challenge is finding good source bourbons of age. You know, the, mm-hmm. the market is, is getting dry right now. So that's one of the biggest challenges on like keeping the discovery series going and things like that is being able to find good 11, 12, 13, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, even eight, 10, whatever year old type bourbons that are on the market available for us to be able to purchase, to do those blends and stuff with and, and keep those series going. That's the hardest thing right now, as far as the blending side and then on the on the distilling side, like I said, we've we've got it rolling over there. So it's uh <laughs> we we've done a lot of different products to where we would be able to continue all different types of blends when those products are of mm-hmm. age and good ones to lay down by themselves. So we out of like I said, we've done over fifty four different recipes in there now. Not all of ours customers. Right, right, as well, right. Yeah. But you know, you learn from all the stuff that you do and we could have overages on some of those recipes that if there are no proprietary recipes, we can claim those overages. If we're not using their design yeast strain, mm-hmm. anything that they paid for, we brought all the materials. You know, if they contracted for three hundred barrels and I make three hundred and thirty, we can claim those extra thirty oh, nice. barrels. So I didn't realize y'all had with, that. That could go in our single right. barrel program. Mm-hmm. That could go for blends that we use in the future and everything like that. I wanted so. to try some of the stuff that was made with that purple corn. See, that's the purple that, popcorn that's one. A, that's a proprietary one. So yeah. where, that, none of those go gonna, to us. Yeah. So that is all their product right there. They'll be the first ones with the popcorn yeah. whiskey out. It's it's going to be the color on that's got to be real interesting. The mash color was really interesting. Yeah, the mash color. So the, yeah, because it was the weird. The distill is going to be clear. Yeah, you once know? you just. Once you yeah, distill it, oh, it's yeah, clear. Yeah, but yeah. the mash, it was really neat to see when when we ran the black popcorn, it was purple mash. It was yeah. completely purple in the fermenters. Did you see it beside yeah, the light? Yeah, we saw, yeah, pour, we we saw it pouring out. Yeah. Like, it wasn't in the fermenters like with the yeast going and everything, but it was just now being cooked. And yeah. it was, I was like... Because you were like, what the hell is that? It's different. Yeah. I was like, that's What not, are they doing in here? It? I think they have something going wrong in here. But yeah, it was really neat. And we, I don't uh, know if y'all checked on this one. He's this expanded that off. since then. We've done more <laughs> outside of the black popcorn. We've done red, white, blue. And, and so he's he's done four different types of popcorn now. And he's blended some of those together, red, white, blue together to do yeah. kind of a you know, American type. That's going to be interesting. So, right? Yeah. So, it, and, and then we've done some individual on the, on those as well to pick up the, you know, and so you've and obviously tried some of this. Is it like, I've, tried, I've tried the distal. It's in where it is of age now. Yeah. Does, so. does it change? Does it t- have a different flavor, com- flavor compensation than a regular corn? Yes, definitely does. And, and each one of those corns have a different flavor on the distillate. So very there, interesting. There were some that were a little better than the others. And then whenever we, we did the blend the next time, you know, we increased the percentage on the corn of the ones that we liked and decreased on some of the ones that had a little off note on the corn. Cause like I said, it was the first time ever trying right. to do that with popcorn kernels, you know? Yeah. So it was, uh, 
but really neat. And he's going to have an awesome, awesome brand and product when that stuff is ready. So in there, they're, they're all in. I want to try that. Cause that could be, cause I, cause even now we're starting to see like more people experiment with like red wheat mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, which is really cool. And that, and, one of the, the things that we just the different grains and heirloom grains, yeah, and yeah, like that are coming out. And I think that's the cool thing that you guys are doing because you guys are very experimental um, on the large scale. Yeah, so it's not experimenting R and D on a little lab setup. Right, when we experiment. It's a full cook, full <laughs> fermenter, full full tank being ran. We're, yeah. we're we don't do a half. We don't do it. We go all out when we try it, and if. It doesn't work, you know. Let it age out and see what it turns into. You know, you never know. <laughs> you, know I mean, you don't waste any of it. Yeah, man, so this it, this sucks. Let's wait fifteen years yeah, and see you what happens. Know. Yeah, we, you know, barrels that we forget about, and like I said, we find it twenty years later. It could be the best product ever. So, but, but yeah. So, I mean, I just forgot I had these barrels. None guys. of the experiments have been bad, though. We, you know, the research goes into it to know what we're going to do before we do it. It's it's not gonna, a, let's just try this. Sure, and, and sure. Hope that it works out well. I there's mean, there's going to ex- be a Rick house in the back just called like the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> where they just, we'll see what happens with these. And they just sit back there and wait their turn. Do you ever put stuff together, though, and just go like like even like when you're when you're doing calculations and talking about it before it actually goes to cook? Do you ever just like think about it and like shit? This could be really bad at the end. Like it could. This is either going to be really good or like really bad. Probably wouldn't go through. With I mean, it. it's, it's, it's happened some. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I've I've done some that you know, and, and some customer ones as well that you know, you look at the procedure and mash bill and everything, and and you give your feedback, but they could want to do it a certain way, yeah. and it might not be something that I agree with, but they have probably done it before or they've made it happen and Mm. it works. And like I said, and that's things that I learned, you know, I'm learning every single day because I work with a lot of other distillers, master distillers, everything like that. And then do their procedures and their recipes and see, you know, how they do stuff different. And it's really neat to do, you know, the, the other day I had Jim Rutledge in here, you know, he's done this thing for years and <laughs> Jim, to be, he knows Jim. a thing or two. Yeah. To be able to pick that brain, you know, Jim, this isn't going to be good. He I did not say you. that. By <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, he'd he just be a, like, sit down, son. He has a different, <laughs> different way uh, of, you know, cooking, fermenting, right. things like that. And those are things that I learned, you know, cause I have my way that I like to do it. And then he's like, this is what I did years ago. And, to get the flavor that I want, these are the the things that I want to do, and it was really neat to see and, and to to run that product with him in here every single day. Yeah. What's so. the uh, so if you could make like one type of whiskey, and and like obviously I want to make it like from X like soup to nuts, right, all the way through, and how many years? What's kind of like the thing you're like? If I could make one, this is what I would want to make. I'm definitely becoming more of a wheat guy okay so uh i i like cooking fermenting and, and and the distillate on the wheat side of things but the wheat bourbon i don't want a whiskey so we did bourbon but right. more, more on the higher wheat side i'm looking yeah. at you know 35 to, to 40 percent on the wheat and then uh age point i'm a eight-year guy okay I, I, eight years kind of my sweet spot that i like on eight, eight to ten is usually my fit i'm more like of a six right to eight there. so i or maybe up to ten but yeah. when it gets really old I, that's not my style and i'm not a cast strength drinker by any means either i'm more of a lower proof <laughs> I, i'm sweet, the smooth and mellow one. you know but there you I, go i appreciate the cast strength yeah. because it's technically it's for everyone if you like it at that proof you're good to go if you don't all you got to do is put a couple drops of water in it and you can make it any proof that you Correct. want it to be. So. I made I made the joke before that it's at that point it's just bourbon concentrate. 
Like I drink it the way I like it. And if you want to add a little bit of water, you have more whiskey. Yeah, Good job. That's true. <laughs> and I mean, and, and that's business strategies for a lot of people. Like you said, if you, you put it in the barrel at a higher mm. proof, you know, and you know your finished product's going to be 80 proof or 90 proof, then you're cutting all that down in whatever years to come to, and you get yeah. more bottles. So you're, you're, you know, you're selling water at that. Point. I mean, it's a, it's a business mm-hmm. strategy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, we've had some 80 stuff that has a lot of flavor, but I mean, the, your flavor is that 95 to 105. Yeah. You get a lot of flavor in those and, and you see, I, I've, the castings never been too, like too hot for me. Like it, uh, there's some that aren't done well, but I've always liked cast strength and barrel proof better just because it's, in my opinion, it's like the raw thing. Mm-hmm. It is what comes out. It is what the end all be all of this process was. It's a true product. Yeah. Um, everything else is added water. Um, if I've got a bunch of barrel proofs in my collection, when I make a cocktail, my cocktail is going to taste better. You know, because it's going to have more of that flavor. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, you're getting, but there's some But it is really neat to see. You take that cast strength and you try it at different proofs. Oh, And what flavors that that can pull out of it even more at those different proofs versus the cast strength. I've had some that I love. How much it can improve it. Yeah, I love it. But you add a little bit of water and I'm like, even though I'm a barrel proof guy, a little bit of water in this actually does wonders. The the oils. You know, yeah. yeah. That's got to be like probably, I mean, especially if you love whiskey, that's got to be like the most fun part of your job of just like playing with stuff. Yeah. And, and I play more on the making side than mm-hmm. I do on the blending side. You know, I, I like to do the blends, but I, I don't do as much blending as I do. I, I like to be in there actually right. designing the recipes, the procedures, watching the chemistry on fermentation, you mm-hmm. know, the, the actually run the stills, doing all that, tasting the sensory analysis on the distillate. That's where I'm at right now, and I'm working my way through on more. Of course, like I said, we're new. I'm young as well. So right. I haven't got to see barrels age for 20 years and yeah. see what they become and everything like that. Not I'm, yet. You know, I'm, I'm 10, a little over 10 years in the industry right now. So I'm just trying to get to that point, and I'm starting on the maturation side and starting to do more blending. But my real passion is, is actually making the bourbon so every day. You've got some stuff that's been in for, what, four or five years? Yeah, so now. we'll be coming up on our stuff will turn five years, our Otis stuff in September of this year. Yeah. So how long are you planning on aging like the bourbon stuff before you do like some releases of just your own? We're looking at the six year mark. Okay. So that Close. That's, that's the benefit yeah. and cool thing about, you know, having the collaborative distilling program, you know, mm-hmm. cash flow positive day one by making for other people. Correct. We get paid by the, either by yeah. the barrel or by the proof gallon. So we were no rush to have to come out with, you know, you've seen others, flavored moonshines or mm-hmm. yeah. a two-year product that's not quite ready yet. You know, our Gin, quick release vodka. was, you know, the what we're going to try here in a little bit when, when we're done with this is the Fusion Series, which we didn't just do young all by itself. It right. was a blend. We threw a, a more mature one in there to give it that character and the right. little kick that it needed. So that was our kind of let's introduce some of our products that will be coming out by themselves, mm-hmm. but let's, you know, do it in a blend and give it a little more older character too. Yeah. So, I mean, this is on my way home. Like when I drive back to where my mom lives in uh, Western Kentucky, out in Owensboro. And I, I remember when y'all first popped up, I was like, what is this distillery doing? Like, how are they building a new Rick house? Every time I drive by, there is no way they're this cash flow positive this early on. Like, so, it's got the, some deep pockets. Yeah, I, I was like, so much so <laughs> They got pockets. some big investors. It was the it. it was the food. Yeah, and all, I mean, at the at the get go, all 
you know, privately owned. Peter yeah. Lofton was our founder and mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately passed away November before last. Yep. And, and now the company is in a trust, but, and, you know, we're, we're living what, what he wanted the dream to be is to grow this thing in the biggest, baddest son of a bitch we can. And that, that's what we're all trying to do. We want to make this place, uh, you know, top of the bourbon list uh, yeah. if we can we, you know we've got we some lovely dedications like the pizza place over mm-hmm. there um that we got to do our last recording in mm-hmm. um i mean stuff like that i mean you pay homage to all of it and mm-hmm. that's what bourbon is you respect where you came from and where you're going definitely you know so yeah. are you guys planning on doing like about like the traditional stuff like single barrel, barrel proof, cash drinks, all those. Yes, we'll have all those type of things. So, uh, you know, we're like I said, looking at the six year mark possibility, we could have an earlier release than that by itself, which would more than likely be a rye whiskey. Right. Yeah. 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 A little little sooner. So if for inventory, like a four year old rye possibly. Yeah. So, and and we're already hitting that mark with that. So it's, it's good. It's ready. I mean, it is, but you know, we said we wanted to wait to six, but we're becoming pretty popular. So, it's a lot harder to keep our inventory on shelves at a lot of places. So <laughs> you're like, people are wanting more it. product to come out <laughs> what, with. So do you think you'll change the bottle design? Like, I don't know you're not a marketing, but like, is that something that's been talked about with like your own stuff? Cause the fusion and no, so we've already changed it actually. So if you're looking in here, we have our little Barstown bourbon history up there as well. Right. So you yeah. see those yeah, uh, the square heavy ones. Yeah. Those were the original bottles right. that we started yeah. with. Yeah. So yeah. They did change it to the more clean, uh, sleek-looking bottle, which, but I don't think we're planning on changing it. It'll just be a different label on the front, different, different color yeah. for probably the Origin-type series, which I don't even know if we'll call it Origin series, but it'll be, uh, you know, yeah. six-year mark's what we're looking for, and hopefully we make it all the way to there. But like like you asked, we will have your bottled and bond. We'll have your single barrel one and we've already started single barrel program it's just unfortunately a deposit only program right now right. because we can't let you take it before we come out with it yeah. because yeah. we, we got to wait for it to come out first and you can age it as long as you want if you want to age it even longer you can do that as well so i'm gonna do like barrel picks and all that stuff oh, yeah we'll have the barrel picks you haven't started doing that yet right well yeah that's what i was saying it's, with it's deposit only right program yeah. well yeah is the unfortunate part so they're able to come in pick one and we have a lot of technology built into that so we actually have an app out there and you can see all the barrels that we have available on the app and then when they're ready to make the selection it it has all the specs it ties into our ignition software system in the distillery where it shows all the specs of the barrel the mash bill every single thing like that and we have smart bungs that are in these barrels that show the barometric pressure Mm -hmm. the gps location in the warehouse wow the yield of the barrel how many bottles we expected all kinds of neat stuff like that tied to it so since it is just a deposit program, you get one of these barrels and you're sitting at the bar and you're like, yeah, I've got a barrel at Barstown Bourbon. You can pull that up on the app, show them all the specs, show them the exact location it's at in the warehouse, how many days to bottling, every single thing like that, which makes it you know a little That's more innovative cool, yeah. and unique. So, no, so I'm I mean, sure you have right. several probably like um liquor stores and stuff that have already done that because they want to be like the first to be able to yeah so those are mainly what we've had not too many private individual ones most all of them are you know distributors or our liquor stores that are wanting to do it for when it releases so they'll have one ready to go yeah because you get a lot of the people like especially in like the podcast or the influencer realm that do barrel picks and stuff where they're basically pre-sold so they're not actually selling money out (laughs) which is Way better because most of almost all of us have real jobs because podcasting doesn't pay shit. <laughs> um, yeah, like that. It, it's cool in that aspect because then you you kind of you can actually claim a lot of first on that because they could be like they could. What would be cool is if like someone did that and they put like the G, a picture of the GPS locator 
and called it like the GPS like version or something. Mm-hmm. It'd be really cool in that kind of situation. That's what the store pick was. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this one because I'm right. sta- sitting my hand and I just it needs to get drank. <laughs> I think you already started on. This I have one. not started on that. I one. have. All right. I've been sitting here sipping on it because. So what we have here, this Fusion Series number five, which I am a, um, I'm a Fusion guy. This is more of my palette, what I prefer. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is a lower proof, 94.9 proof, um, but it's usually sweeter, fruity, yeah. sweet, smooth and mellow on the way down is kind of the way the Fusion Series go, which number three was definitely my favorite of all. But number five, we actually have more percentage of our younger juice in it now. So it used to be a 60%, 40% split, 60% Mm -hmm. of our younger stuff, 40% of the source. Now it's 70% of our younger stuff, 30% of the source. So in this one right here, what we have, the 30% source is going to be Kentucky 11-year, 75% corn, 13 rye, 12% malted barley. Let you guys Google that, figure out where that came from. (laughs) But uh, And and then we actually have some very unique, uh, one unique mash bill that I really like in here is 14% of this ball is a three-year, four-grain recipe that we did. So actually four-grain truly done. You know, you hear of a lot of four-grains that are out. Most of those four-grains are blends. You know, they're Mm -hmm. blending a a rye bourbon and a weeded bourbon together to have their four-grain. You actually distilled four-grains together. Yes, we mashed four-grains together, fermented four-grains, distilled four-grains. It's a true four-grain recipe. And I have a couple of these recipes that I've done already that really, really enjoy. Mm -hmm. Like there, I think there'll be some really big selling recipes that people will just go crazy about because when we do have customers in and we go down kind of a you know, profile panel, I guess right. you can say, you know, you might have customers, they don't know exactly what they want. So, well, let's taste some wheat bourbon, some wheat whiskey, right, yeah. some rye bourbon, Especially the rye newer whiskey, people. some, you know, what, what one do you like the most? And then we can go from there to build in your portfolio for what you're right, looking for to right. design. And the four grain is a lot of people really enjoy the four grain whenever they go down that panel and try it. And then the other 56% makes up a four-year-old as of a 70% corn, 18% rye, 12% malted barley is 56% on this. And that's ours as well. I can taste the rye. It, but it is, like you said, it's a lot fruitier and sweeter. And, yeah. And so the wheat that's actually in that four grain makes up 10%. So very okay. small wheat percentage that's actually in this bottle. You're going to pick up more of the rye over the wheat yeah, in I'm, this bottle. I'm, I'm definitely picking up a lot lot more. Like when I tasted it, I was waiting for you to say what the rye percentages were because I feel like I'm getting a lot of the rye. But that's also because I feel like it is very fruity. Mm-hmm. And that's usually what when you know your brain's like, oh, fruit, rye. We, so it's very it's it's interesting because it's not like thirty or forty percent rye, but I'm picking it up on it. Are yeah. you picking up on it? That four grain recipe is a twenty six percent rye in that. Okay, percent wheat, twenty six percent rye. So it is a high rye then. Okay, yeah. 60, 60 corn, twenty six rye, ten wheat, four malted barley on this one. Yeah, I mean it's good. I mean it's got very like. It's almost like a medicinal cherry flavor, like not in a bad way though. But I'm getting the rye, and I don't know why it keeps sitting there. Like I'm trying to get other stuff, but I, like in the front, it's like hitting like right in the front under my nose. Like, and I'm getting the rye. It doesn't taste like a rye, but I'm getting it, and I don't know why. But it, I, I don't know what I'm, I'm. I don't know how to explain it in a way because it is very unique. 
I'm getting the rye and the fruit, and I think it's just all because they're all playing differently together. It's I'm, that unique flavor profile. I'm getting profile. a little spice out of it too. I am more too. So then, then the you know the usually the fusion, I get a lot more sweetness, mm-hmm. fruitiness, and not as much spice. But with this one, I get a little yeah. bit more spice note on it. It's on the back end, very aftertaste, like a pear, the mellow on the finish. I mean, the finish is. You're not getting that deep Kentucky hug no, like we no, just no. got in the last no. one that we tried. So yeah, I'm getting like a little, like it lingers and I feel like it's like a pear, like pear lingering taste that just kind of sits there. This is the fun part about the show when <laughs> you're just like sitting there staring because it's so different than what you're used to having. You're just trying to peg different stuff. And on the sweetness, I get like a little green apple. Yeah. Yes. But that's no, what's always so, been fun um, about yes. that. He, he pointed back there. He, the green apple. I'm, I'm picking up yeah. a little bit of the green apple on that. Yep. I would almost say more green apple than pear. Well, I, I'm but, saying yeah. from the pear, the lingering. I, I'm getting the green apple I mean, now too. Something different. So it's you know. No, it, right. from that's, the, that's what makes this great. No, everyone's the, the, palate is different. So the everyone's lingering going to have a different opinion. Yeah. No, I'm getting the pear when I drink it, and then I'm saying like when you're just kind of sitting there, and like about a minute after you've taken a sip, that's where I feel like it's a little bit more tart. Like a pear, mm-hmm. it's not. But like I get, I'm getting the ap- apple. It's almost like a transition now that I'm tasting it. Could be more like a tart apple. Yeah. See, yeah. I get more of the green apple because like pears, or at least pears, I always eat are like super sweet. So I don't really get tartness out of my pears. So like Granny Smith kind of green apple. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big pear guy. Mm-hmm. Not either. I don't. I don't eat many pears. No. I don't think the last, no, the last time I've ever had one. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't know the last time I had one. <laughs> Seven? <laughs> 28 years ago? And you get pear, you lying SOB. You don't even eat that shit. <laughs> this is very unique, though. Like This is bringing me back to when I was seven. I had a pear for the second time ever. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it, though. No, I mean, I've always loved all the fusion series I've had. Like, in the... And variations the, of flavor. Are, are you all still doing your like sweet sixteen tournament kind of yeah, deal so, for the Nashville pick? So we still are, and that's what <laughs> makes it unique. You know, uh, Dan Callaway's art. You know, heads up all of our new product development as well as hospitality, and so you know he'll give percentages what what we have available as far as source material, and then what we have that we can pull from from you know our stock and everything like that because. That's the thing. We can't go max percentages and different percentages because we want to stay at that same same bottle cost. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't right. change uh, hope more sourced or anything like that because we want to keep everything the same cost and if anything, put more of ours in now that ours yeah. is becoming older. It, right. It's a great so, way to introduce yours too because you started with the lower percentages and you're slowly getting higher and higher and yeah, proving we, where you stand in it. Everyone know? the company still is involved. You know, yeah. with it, so we'll we'll do blends that if we have enough materials to be able to do multiple different blends. If we only have so much that we can work with, we will pretty much exhaust what blends are available. Right. It might just be like you know six or so different blends that we could actually do, and then we still blind taste all that yeah. as a group together. You know, nobody wasn't knows it Sam what's in the what, glass. Was a fusion four? Was that Sam's or was that? I think she was three. 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 Like okay. I said, that was, was one three. of my favorite ones. Yeah. And number four was uh, one of our. Um, 
visitor experience tour guides did, yeah. did the blend for number four so that's what's really cool as well it gets everyone yeah. excited in the company about what it brings everyone together yeah. up, you know, so it's not just to... what one of us distillers or, or the higher ups like or anything like that it gets everyone involved and excited about the product and then you know we we used to do if you you come up with the blend you make the hang tag you know you're going to be on the hang tag and everything like that so yeah. that makes it really neat and cool too it's really cool nice but i mean this is always a good one i've always been impressed like and i know we covered this on the last one but just if people didn't listen to our last one the price point's a little high for people that didn't know bardstown bourbon company because i admitted on the first one i shot away from it because i was like let me pay what for what like but and that after having from that source juice yeah. i mean that's what brings that price mm-hmm. point up oh 100 you know, we didn't we didn't make this 11 year old, so we had to buy that 11 year old. So, you know, those barrel brokers don't give that to you. So that takes the price up. But the, when we come out with our stuff on its but, own, yeah, you're but going to see that price drop. You're going to be in like, will you be in like, do you think you'll be in like the normal whiskey price oh, point? Yeah, like definitely. 30 to 60 type yeah, of range. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll have down the $30 value and things like that for ones that are standalone by themselves yeah. that aren't blends coming straight out of our facility. And then we'll have the higher ones that you right. know, we age longer or we do something different with yeah. and, and we'll have a big portfolio going you know hit all the ranges but, for but the only reason i bring that up is because like i now kind of think of like what did i miss out on fusion one and discovery one because i was scared good to luck, pull the trigger yeah, good luck finding them now. no but that's the thing oh, they're like, gone and they were damn, it, were it was that stuff too, that so. like i saw the price point and even knowing as much as i do um, still learning and like I saw it and it scared me away and then after I got to have it the first time coming down here I was like man <laughs> I should pull the trigger on some of those <laughs> you know because I've always known about the brand I loved everything about it just hadn't toured the dis- toured here hadn't tried anything and it's a little warmer than last time we were here too yeah a little warmer which is which is nice. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we're going to be doing a couple of these over the course of the next couple of years, uh, mm-hmm. especially as you guys tend start to you know put your own juice out and things like that, which we're really you know we're really looking forward to. So well, definitely, me. That's the hardest part about yeah. this job. Yeah, the wait. I mean, who wants yeah. to have to wait? That is, you I'm know, not, I put all this hard work and effort in, and now I just do you just get a wait. Do you just so. sneak and drill into stuff sometimes? Just. Yeah, I gotta check in on the babies. And make sure going all right, so quality testing. Quality it's not sneaking. It's not sneaking. Quality yeah, control. I definitely, uh, you know, we have to check in and, and make sure to see how they're yeah. going. So, you know, certain ones I'll, I'll check in on. I'll have the warehouse guys pull certain samples, things like that. Well, with a little one coming along, if you ever get busy, you got my phone number. We can now quality <laughs> testing for, for you. Yeah, gotcha. I'll let you know how things are turning out for you. I'll have them just mail them to the house for me. That way, yeah, yeah. There you go. I definitely need more of that with the little one. So. <laughs> I like that. So, um, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. This was fun. Um, so I was told to ask you guys, uh, you know, big whiskey drinkers, you're, you're going to do the world top whiskey taster, right? Um, we've actually, Brandon, we, you yeah. asshole. <laughs> Brandon just texted you. I know. Like, no, I, I mean, I was just, your text uh, messages are here, up and you said, I just randomly got it. But, uh, you know, casting calls end on August 15th. Yeah. So, and they're going to have regionals in Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, LA, New York. So, and it's a big event, $20,000 on the line. 
you know, you were just talking about, you know, all that money on, on doing podcasts and everything. Yeah. A sweet $20,000 check for how good it, you can drink. And it's it one of those things like JC, cool said, JC will say, I have a better palate than him, but I say he has a better palate than yeah, me. I do too. So it's always one of those. I'm like, you should do that. And he's like, no, yours is better than mine. I'm like, mm, I think you should do that. Well, there's one way yeah. to prove it. You compete yeah. against Both each other in the world <laughs> top whiskey taster contest and to nobody, see who scores higher. So, so here's, win. here's the fun part. If all three of us went in, whoever scored higher would never let the other two go to that. And whoever <laughs> oh, yeah. came in last would be like... The, oh, it would be bad. It would be yeah. like, hello again, welcome to another episode of Bourbon with Friends, where Paul's palate is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it would with, go. It would with be. two great whiskey tasters and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> So here's a fun question. Could you enter that? They do not let me enter. I got to judge some of them every now and then. But it's really neat. Would you I mean, enter it? Would I enter it? I probably would try. Yeah, because it's not just, I mean, it's also how you present it. And, you know, some of the rounds, like when they did it last year, you come up with your own flight that you have to present and why you chose that flight and everything. So it's not just on how great you can taste, which that's the first judging category. If you can't taste right. worth the damn, you're yeah. not going to do good. <laughs> yeah, like, so, you pick a flight. But it's also on how you, you know, present yourself and, and go through your, your flight and why you chose it. And, you know, you get judged on all that as well. And then, uh, but yeah, I would do it if I, if I had an opportunity, if I would win, I have no idea. There's a lot of better tasters out there yeah. than myself. See that, that's my hesitation. Cause like, I I feel like I'm decent, but there are a lot of people that are I know have better palates than me. Yeah. And I feel like mine's only going to get I'm, better. You know, yeah. the more practice, the better it's going to get. You're like, like, wait till I'm 50 and retire. Yeah. And I was yeah. a tobacco user up until uh, two days ago, so maybe I'll be a little bit. I can already feel my palate getting better that I haven't dipped for two days. So now that it's I like that long-term days, commitment, just, you know, up until like two so days ago. It's getting so much better now. So, uh, you know, things like that can damage your palate and everything. Wait, for, uh, wait, wait till a week. Thing, everything like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, next week I might be Next week you're going to be world stop so. tasting. Next week you're going to walk in and create the greatest whiskey <laughs> ever made. You're like, shit, I shouldn't dip ever again (laughs) your wife's probably just like i told him he shouldn't she she's happy hopefully i've tried this multiple times we'll see if it sticks this time but uh (laughs) she got a crowbar it's probably gonna stick (laughs) (laughs) oh god well thank you so much for joining us this has been this has been a blast and getting to hang out with you and stuff like that and and see a little bit you know kind of what your background is and and uh i know we're gonna do probably more of these as you're you start to evolve and change and bring yeah, new stuff out. That sounds great. Yeah, I would love to do more. And uh, this is mean, a quick who doesn't like just talking Park about way. bourbon and drinking? I mean, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty fun afternoon. So definitely, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening. And remember, bourbon with friends can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. Thanks for listening.